everyone. I'm Mia Dumas. I'm Ian Gilchrist. I'm Ariana Guerra. And this is At The Moment with BSCC. And today we will be talking about the inauguration and our school's response to the pandemic and stuff like that. So first, let's get into the inauguration. Um, you know, we've had our, we have, uh, we have Biden in his office and we have our first woman of color in office. And I think this is really good. And um, I know a lot of people recently have been very critical of Biden's administration just because they're saying like, he's not doing like what he's promised, but like he's been in office for like five days. And most of his stuff is like repealing what Trump did, which is like more to like anything. Like I know he's, uh, is, uh, he extended like people can't get evicted from the houses because COVID that's really like, I think that's really good. Um, he extended, or I think he's planning on extending the unemployment benefits. Um, he's done a lot of things with like DACA and stuff like that. Um, so he is doing things and I think that people aren't giving him credit for that. So I guess I will kind of ask you guys, what do you think like based on the previous executive orders that he has passed, what do you think is the one that you think is the more, most important and ones that you think is important? Ari, you can answer first. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. Um, he's been here for like less than an entire week. So it's there's a lot to undo, obviously, with the last presidency, and there's a lot to think about. Um, so I think he's doing pretty good. I mean, it's always good to be critical about the people that are in office. That's your right as citizens. Um, but I think maybe hold off for like at least a month or something just to see um, like how he's doing unless like the last president, he just royally messes everything up in like less than a week. Yeah, I would kind of basically just piggyback off of that point. He's only really been in office, not even a whole week. So can't really give him too much uh, critique, but at the same time, of course, you gotta hold him to a certain standard with him being the president, the leader of the free world and everything and whatnot. And of course, compared to the last guy, Mr. 45, um, there's not too much to compare. It's only going up from here. Um, so yeah, I think he's done good so far. I was just reading in uh, the little BBC News article or CBS News, excuse me, uh, the article that we have in our doc. And basically just seeing everything that he's doing, uh, basically, like you said, Nia, just turning what Trump did and pretty much reversing it. So he's, he's going in the right direction so far. So I can't be too mad at myself. What is the, didn't he re, not reassign, but he put his back into like the global health organization. Is that what it's called? I might be wrong, but with Dr. Sebi, is that his name? Are you uh, talking about the, oh, go ahead. Oh no, yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. It's the, uh, the Paris Climate Agreement. That's the one thing that he did, which is kind of just something to do with the environment. Which is, no, I'm talking about the global health was like, that was like the team that was made to combat the pandemic, like say if we ever was to have the pandemic, which we did, but Trump had removed us, which is why our response to COVID was so poor. And I think that's very good, or that was very good. But I think I'm more so interested in what's going to, what's going to happen, um, what's going to happen like beyond the pandemic, if that kind of makes sense. 
or like beyond just like COVID things. Because although I do think, although I do think COVID is like the first thing that needs like a rapid response because like we're in a pandemic and like compared to other countries, America is not responding in a way that's very helpful or beneficial to citizens. I'm more of so, I'm interested to like, okay, once COVID numbers go down, what what's then gonna happen? What is this gonna look like for minorities? And not just for, for minorities, but like for everyone in general, because I think that this administration, what they're doing is they're trying to use like, I think that they're using like the symbolic win of this presidency to oversee or to like hide what really matters. So I think that like, yes, Kamala Harris is a black woman and she's also, isn't she Asian or South Mm -hmm. Asian? She's Indian and Jamaican. Yeah, so So I think they're gonna use that to kind of like hide what like each community needs. So like the needs that the black community needs might not be what the need, might not be what the Latino community is demanding or what the Asian community is demanding. And I think mm-hmm. people use like um, like minorities and people of color as a way to take away our individual struggles. And I can see that getting worse in this administration and that's my biggest fear. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. I think we realized a lot of things. Um, well, I think a large number of people realized a lot of things. Most of us um, knew most of this already, but in terms of the inequality in this country. Um, Yeah, it's cool that we have a woman of color, a black woman, an Asian woman in office right now, the first um, woman to be a VP. Um, That's cool and that's great. And the inauguration was definitely a day of relief for a lot of people. But I think what we have to remember is it's not the stopping point. I think a lot of people were comfortable in the previous administrations, even though um, things were still not right, I think they just um, went with it. And I think Trump kind of created this big divide that we could see, but I think people right now are kind of just like, we did it, we're done, we voted and um, it's been great. And now we can go back to normal life and just focus on you know, the COVID epidemic. Um, But, you know, we've seen that a lot obviously needs to change structurally, systematically, um, and just having a woman there or a Black woman um, as VP and just having Trump out of office isn't going to fix anything by itself. They have to put in the work and we have to demand that they put in the work. What? Go ahead. Issue one administration to the next is definitely symbolic um not in just terms of you know Kamala Harris being the first not only female vice president but uh female vice president of color um so with that said I think people like you guys both said we have to really put more emphasis on transitioning from the last four years to the next four years and how is that going to look and I think the whole pandemic has definitely highlighted the flaws in this country, but which is something that most of us have already been seeing, but it's more on the forefront now because it's had to take a pandemic to make us realize all these things and all these bad things that are going on in the country and everything. Um, 
so yeah, man, I would just basically say that, you know, Joe Biden and Kamala, they got a lot on their plate, but I feel like if they progressively focus on what each, you know, community, what everyone needs as a whole, as a country, then we can definitely benefit and we can be in a better place, hopefully within a year or so, hopefully this whole pandemic will be history. We'll all be talking about it, laughing about it soon, so. So what, what I guess, based off like the whole like civil unrest we had over the summer and it's continuing and based off like what you guys just said, what do you feel like would be the step towards a step towards the right direction for the black community specifically? Like what type of legislation, what needs, whether it's like to help get minorities out of poverty, to help uplift socioeconomic status or like education, like for you, what do you think would help put us towards that direction? I think the Black community and really every other um, minority community did a really good job on social media and speaking out about the injustices and the histories that we don't often talk about. Like so many people, my grandmother is a Black woman and she's what in her 60s don't tell her I said her age out loud (laughs) but she didn't know anything about the Black Wall Street like she didn't know um, most of the history that we just started talking about this year really for a lot of people and so I think um, not so much educating ourselves but educating our fellow um, just people and really our fellow Black people because it's a lot to ask for a lot of the older generation to, you know, who's not going to be in school to like brush up on their history and know how things um, need to change structurally and like the systemic racism of it all. It's a lot to communicate. So I think getting on the same page about what our history is. And I think every single group should do that. I think every single group should band together and recognize their history and recognize the histories of other minority groups um, and then advocate for each other. Like each group should advocate for yourselves and advocate for each other. Like at the Black Lives Matter protests, it warmed my heart to see other groups such as you know Asian Americans, um, immigrants from all over, um, Latino Americans, Latinx Americans, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I think that is a real good step to um, making progress. I definitely feel like Black community as a whole, we have a somewhat of a responsibility when it comes uh, to progression. That's the word of the day, y'all, progression. Um, We have to start in our own communities when it comes to making change. And I know that's like a cliche thing a lot of people say, but when you really think about it, fundamentally it makes sense because we have to invest in our own institutions, our own businesses, you know, our own upkeep, our own communities, make sure everything, the housing is clean and everything like that. Um, And then once that is established, then we'll be able to collaborate with other communities, I feel like. And then as a whole, as a country, we'll be able to progress from where we are now to where we can be uh, within the next uh, year or two now you know, with progressive change, of course. It's gonna happen slowly if it ever does happen, but very surely I feel like if that does happen, then we can see, you know, better 
uh, relationships for sure between different members of society within the country. Yeah, to kind of like piggyback of like what, what both you guys said, I definitely think that like education needs to be corrected and curriculum needs to be corrected because, um, and it's not even that, you have these professors who are 80, 80, 70 years old who have been teaching this curriculum and not keeping up with the times. And yes, they're trying, they can have all the diversity and inclusion they want, they want, but like they were raised a certain way, they grew up in the same time period. Like I have a friend who, her, she's biracial, but her grandmother was white. Her grandmother still refers to black people as colors because she's like 90 and like growing up, that's what people, and, and she's like, well, she doesn't mean anything by it, but you don't even understand how that rhetoric is like violent and like offends other people. And I think so much of that is in like the classroom too. Like I was in class today and we we're talking about like, uh, like Benjamin Franklin and like how he had a publication in 19 and people are like, Oh, Ben Franklin was a prodigy. He was a prodigy. Like, how was he able to run his own publication in 19? And it's like, bruh, he had slaves working his publication. Like, and not to mention that he had slaves in his publication while actively having ads for slave auctions in his publication. So, like, part of his success is not all of just on prodigy. And so it's like that context and stuff that like, that's not there. And also like for students of color and black students, when it comes to these conversations, we, it becomes a hostile environment for us because we don't no longer have the benefit to just learn. We have to be like, we have to become a voice for our whole community, which I don't think is fair. So uh, maybe I'm looking for, I'm really looking for like equity in all forms, but I really feel like it starts with education because that's what we're learning growing up. Like I didn't learn about Black Wall Street until I was like almost to college. And I think that's very sad. Um, and also I think another thing I'm really looking forward to is like um, oh, to raise the minimum wage because right now the minimum wage is not like a living wage. So hopefully like, you know, that gets better. I don't really know what it will because you know people just love capitalism so bad so <laughs> that's more so what I'm looking forward to but I also think that people kind of like what you said Ariana like I think people are getting lost in the symbolic win and that she's a president and like don't get me wrong or she's a vice president don't get me wrong like I'm happy to see a, a, a black woman in office and that way like little like this little kid's looking at the tv like Oh my God. I remember when Obama was campaigning for president and I was like eight years old and I didn't really understand it then, but I remember seeing like uh, uh, Obama and then his his advertisements. Like I remember seeing that. You don't really understand how that impacts you until you get older. But I do, but I do think we should still consider like Kamala Harris, like her, her record with like locking up people, um, mm -hmm. particularly black people for like petty marijuana charges and stuff like that. And I think that's also quite interesting to see as we see America start to kind of like decriminalize um, uh, marijuana, which is, and other drugs, which is like, that's really good. But it's like, done, they're doing that after like millions of black people have like suffered. So one thing I was actually telling like some of my friends, I would love to see them start like some part, maybe like within the Department of Justice of like a task force to like go into these like petty drug cases and like overturn them. But like, we know that would never happen, but like that's something I would like really look forward to or I would love to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. And to see, I believe Kamala went on like the breakfast club or something like that. And they were asking her, you know, what the deal with her putting so many black men away from marijuana charges 
Um, and she was like, oh yeah, I smoke, you know, I've smoked in the past. It's no big deal, but well, that's just what you have to though. do. <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't know the exact clip, but I know it's been like talked about and resurfacing. So like, I just think in general, we have to stop putting people up on a pedestal. Like Obama had his major flaws as well. Mm-hmm. And like, you can't just, we're doing ourselves a disservice if we're just like, oh, Kamala can do no wrong because she's the first black vice president. Um, no, we need to still hold her accountable as well um, and demand the same things that we were demanding before. You know what I would like to see from, you know what I would like to see from Kamala, or not from Kamala, but just from this presidency is like, no more like attacks on the media. Mm-hmm. That's what like I'm looking forward to. Cause I feel like, especially us all being in the media field where there's like journalism, PR, uh, press secretary, or like comms or anything like that. I think that like, like the last during Trump's presidency, like the media and like his presidency were really like basically at a war. And don't get me wrong, there are like media outlets that like haven't I don't completely agree with, but I do think like we're like we're here to do our job. Like not to like reference the Constitution because that has like multiple like nuances and things in itself. But like the only profession listed in the Constitution is literally journalism. Like. Mm-hmm. in the whole constitution like we're here to like document and give information back to the people and I think Trump made that really hard to hard it made it really hard for us to do our job and the amount of journalists that were attacked I think also so like the mm-hmm. physical harm and I know me as, as also me just being for one I'm black I'm a woman like I don't want to have to worry about getting beat because I'm a journalist too so hopefully that kind of goes away as well yeah, kind of to piggyback on your point, Nia, I feel like Trump's whole presidency was really divisive. And not only divisive, but it was just a lot of controversy surrounding him, uh, basically the whole Republican Party, his supporters, the whole, you know, all the stuff that we've been going through these past four years, y'all know. And I definitely look forward to this administration not having any of that and hopefully being able to actually like unite the United States instead of dividing people like we were these past four years. Um, yeah, pretty much. And, you know, a lot, like how you guys said, they're holding a lot of stuff over both Kamala and Joe Biden's head, especially with Kamala, how she was uh, incriminating people of color, black men, especially uh, for having marijuana and everything like that. So the whole thing is, you know, this whole administration, they have a lot of work to do. Um, but like I said earlier, it's really only going up from here because these past four years have been anything short of crazy. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do, no doubt. Well, to kind of like pivot, because I know we kind of talked about like, we're looking forward to like pandemic relief during this administration. I think that one thing I can say about this pandemic is like, I definitely think that the government should have done more but I mm-hmm. feel like when a government didn't do more, the universities, these big corporations should have said, like, if they had any sense of, like, ethic morality, they should have said, like, okay, we're in a pandemic. Let's not make people come to work. 
or let's give, are we going to make people come to work? Let's give them a little bit of raise or let's give them a little bit more money or whatever. Or like, especially like universities and colleges, they should have said like, okay, we're not going to bring students back at all because we're still in a global pandemic, whether or not the country is open, open or not. We're still out of global, we're still in a global pandemic. And then like, not really considerate to like students in like, how much college costs and by us being like, I have been unemployed since March and I was employed through my university. I was employed through OU. So when when COVID law, I, literally when I found out like COVID was came, I was literally at work, it was during spring break and my boss came to me, was like, we're sending you home because of COVID. And I'm like, well, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm broke, like I need money. She's like, well, I don't know what to tell you, da, 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 da. And then even now I still don't have a job because they don't want students like, who have like office jobs on campus. And I just don't think that's fair. But what are you guys' kind of response to that? To like schools and stuff, basically not caring about students, especially OU because we go here and OU has not had the best response tactics. Yeah, yeah. I can't say too much about like what's been going on at OU or what's going on in any other schools. But yeah, like you said, OU, they, they've really not been handling too well. Um, just from like, I remember I had to, uh, once the pandemic actually hit like earlier back in March last year, and it was just a whole big mess with everything going on. And I had to like hurry up and get my stuff out of my, uh, my whatchamacallit out of my dorm and everything. It was just, it was a big mess. So they haven't really handled it well. And I think they just uh, stopped giving out S grades for this semester, which is something that's that's stupid controversial and I don't think I agree with that whatsoever but I don't know I feel like there needs to be more control like nationally between what's going on in college campuses and how the whole United States as a country really is regulating because I feel like these institutions have been able to regulate and just do whatever they need to all for the sake of money and everything like that so there definitely needs to be more reform in how college campuses you know big places like this where you have a whole bunch of college kids from all over the country, all over the world, really, you know, meeting together. And, you know, with this pandemic, it's really subtracted the whole, you know, college experience, at least for me. I don't know about y'all, but yeah, all you college, colleges around the whole country, please do better. Please do better. Yeah, it became really apparent how much of a money game college was and just universities were as like huge corporations. Um, I think most of OU's response was bull crap from the beginning up until now, like you said, with the S grades, getting rid of the S grades, um, which is like satisfactory. And then I forget what the other one was. Um, but just from like, you would think that they would have protocols in place for if a pandemic, a global pandemic happened. Like it's one in a million chance it seems, but it can still happen and it's happened before. So I just don't, I don't understand how they were just scrambling and had no idea what to do. Like I could understand maybe, you know, the first two weeks, I know it was hard for everyone, but as a functioning like huge, um, university you should be able to have a plan in place to where students who are as young as 18 some of them 17 um displaced because you kicked them out of their dorms like I had 
a friend who got who's not from Ohio. She's from another state and was not able to fly back to her home state once everything happened. And she was kind of just like stuck. And she luckily had another friend who lived on campus who, or off campus, sorry, and who was in a house. And she was able to go there once they kicked her out. But like hundreds of students, like thousands of students, like Ian said, from all over the world, um, all over the country were just displaced and just kind of kicked to the curb. And I know for certain jobs like RAs, if you were kicked out as an RA or fired or couldn't come back, I don't even believe you could apply for unemployment. Mm. So now you're out of a job. Now you're out of a home. So, you know, what are you going to do? And, you know, most some students are lucky enough to have a home to go to. And the other students, you know, they're in their apartments, they're in their dorms. That is their home because yeah, I've literally you know, been we're in, in that weird stage. I've literally been in Athens since the pandemic hit in March. No job, no anything. And you have to wait. Athens is like a very small town. Like apartments wasn't like apartment complexes out here. For one, let's to let's not to mention like the apartment complexes in Athens already charges way over the amount they charge us by room, lease by room instead of just like Yes. Like, I think in my apartment, me and my roommates almost pay 700 a month. Um, and that's, like, ridiculous. And the fact that you're making us pay that. And it's not even the fact that you're making us, there's, there's no payment plans. There's no anything. There's no, like, don't pay rent until so-and-so. So I think that's also, that's also kind of crazy. And I also think, what I also think is unfair is that by OU getting rid of, like, the pass and fail grades, I think people are not, like, taking into account like our mental health and I think that also goes around like the stigma around mental health like we're especially for like students of color like we're going through a pandemic a civil unrest um we're literally constantly seeing like our trauma pouring on twitter on social media then you have uh then you have these um then you have the universities who are I don't really know what OU has done to really aid students of color and all this all throughout this whole time besides doing the um the George Ford scholarship, which no one asked for, nor did they get the family's permission. So and that's neither here nor there, nor is it even guaranteed that it would go to a black student. So right. I think so I think that is also something that should be considered. But like we're depressed, like we're social beings, like naturally we're social beings, like it's not in our our nature to not be social. Like it's not in our nature to not be in the classroom, to talk to people, to like be around people. Like we literally are in our room 24 seven. We're not working, we're not doing anything. So I, and I feel like the fact that you think that like, I think the fact that they got rid of like pass or fail grades shows that they think we're supposed to like adapt to like not normal or abnormal things which is like, which also goes into like capitalism and how like all that other stuff. So I think that people are just not showing that they care about us, which is like, which is not un, which is not unnormal for Americans because the American way is to exploit people. So like for us to expect them to do anything but this is really what's unnormal. <laughs> so I think that's like what's crazy because, and the fact is, oh, you, they brought students back and it's students, it's students who are back but they're in dorms taking online classes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Paying. So they have to pay. Mm-hmm. And then they paying. brought students back. What was it? Last semester, like 8,000 students. 
in one weekend or something and then got surprised when students had to quarantine. Yeah, they got surprised when everybody popped out of bars and then before you know it, oh my gosh, the COVID rate is But what are students going to do? I wonder why. Mm-hmm. What are students going to do besides go to the bars when like they're not going to class? They don't have, they don't have anything else to do. Especially the first years. They don't know. Oh yeah, I don't even know why first years came. I just would have stayed home and went to college. Home right now. I'm third year. Yeah, my biggest. Um, my sister's about to go off to college within the next year, and my biggest advice to her was just start off commuting or start off online, because yeah. dorms just are not worth it. They say it's for the experience. I don't know if they say that so that you can experience like hell because that's what it was for me. I lived in Wilson my first year, um, which I'm pretty sure is haunted. I'm just going to put that out there. It is um, haunted. Things, people die there. Yes. Things would move on their own. Like it, things would lock on their own. It wasn't cool. Um, but yeah, it's just not the a $10,000 experience that you need. No, it's not. It's not. It's definitely not worth it. Yeah, if I could definitely go back in time, I would have probably, honestly, I probably would have even gone to like a two-year school instead of going to starting with that just to get my prereqs out the way like that. But yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's going crazy right now. And it's not getting any better with them uh, canceling S grades. It really shows how inconsiderate, you know, the whole, I'm not going to tack, tack on them too much because they've done good, but They've done a lot more bad than good. And then with everything, all the controversies that's been going on the past like year or so uh, with OU administration, most specifically, it's, it's, it's not a good look. It's not. And I think what's crazy is like the people who made these decisions, they're not sending their kids to school. Mm. This year was the mild, the MLK brunch that they have every year. And this year they like brethren like like safety, I mean like uh, COVID safety precautions. So it was very like, people had to register when we turn around to people and it had to be like, you know, like six feet apart or whatever. Yeah. And I almost see, see Dwayne Ellis there every year. Was he there this year? No. Why? Because he's just as scared as, he's just as scared of COVID, of COVID of everybody else, which is fine. But for you to expect everyone else to not have these fears, because you are worried about your bottom dollar mm-hmm. and not human lives. But, you know, that's the American way. But, guys, I think we're going to wrap up the episode now. That was a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And stay tuned for the next episode.